does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. You're listening to the best of Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. No one left to blame. No other scapegoats. The Colts fired head coach Frank Reich this morning. He'll be replaced on an interim basis by Jeff Saturday to come in, run the team, be the eyes and ears for Jim Mercer, maybe to give him some inclination for what actually is going on inside those walls. They don't have anyone who's called plays on their staff. They don't have a coordinator. So they do have Jeff Saturday. Shock would be an understatement. It was uh, a 12-hour whirlwind. I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage. But I do know how to build a football team. In the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That's rare here. We're not throwing in the towel. Offensively is where we gotta we gotta make some hay. Y'all have been kicking the out of me for years for not drafting wideouts, and all of a sudden I look up and you know we're underperforming on the offensive line right now. He's been executive the year before, and you guys can try to diminish him all you want, but that's just your words. They have no substance to it because there's no truth in it. I mean, the guy's a winner. You know how many shots Michael Jordan's missed? You know how many games Michael Jordan's lost? I don't diminish this opportunity even the slightest, even if it is for for eight games and everybody wants to run me out of town. Like, I I believe that I'm called for a reason, and I would not have accepted it without that. He's the best man for the job, you know, um, uh, and uh, there's no question about it. I'm drinking from a fire hydrant a little bit. And I think 11 o'clock, much of the country, certainly I'm sure a lot of people in central Indiana, were tuned in to find out if their prayers had been answered, if their worries were over, and if in one fell swoop, their dreams and aspirations all would come true by finding out that they won the Powerball. And then the Powerball came out and said that they had to delay it because they had a technical issue and everyone had to sit and wait and it was like well the answer that we were looking for i guess we'll have to find out at another time because for whatever reason the powerball like this anticipated moment went awry and i thought to myself is that not the most symbolic like metaphor for what we saw last night in that Colts press conference and the answer of Jeff Saturday, who is a very likable guy, being overshadowed by some technical issues around him. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think um, that 30-minute presser, Jake, sums up why this organization is in shambles. Right there. Um, You can point to a multitude of things throughout the presser. Um, It was a joke. I, I wish I could share... (laughs) <laughs> the many texts I got from people inside of that building working for Jim Mersey and just the utter shock at what they were witnessing throughout that press conference. Um, again, zero public accountability from the top down, as I've said for months now with that organization. I, I got the vibe listening to Jim Mersey talk about was it three quartiles? I'm trying to get the quartiles in, in order. The upper quartiles of the upper quartiles of the 2000s. 
he continues to live in this era that is now 12 years removed. And he's this hopeless romantic thinking that by the snap of a finger, I'm going to revive all of that. I'm going to get that back. And I listened to him last night talk about, you know, the fourth winningest franchise since 2000. Jake, that would be like the blockbuster CEO coming out today and being like, hey, in the last 25 years, no one was better at renting movies than we were. No one. Right. It's 2022. You haven't won a division in eight years. You've won one playoff game in eight years. Look at where you finished in this conference in that time span. In the top half of the conference in an eight-year span twice. And none of that last night. It was defiance for Mersey. Um, It was Chris Ballard up there. Body language told the entire story. Honestly, if I were Chris Ballard, I would resign. I would trust that my resume could get another job somewhere else. Why would you want to be a part of that? Jeff Saturday is either going to be the head coach or the GM next year, or he's going to decide Chris Ballard's fate. Let's be honest. Correct. Chris Ballard is a sitting duck right now, in my opinion. Well, he certainly... Chris Ballard, I thought last night, acted like he knew he was a sitting duck. I thought he was defiant. I thought he was defensive. So, too, was Jim Irsay. That's the most defensive I've seen Irsay. I I have not, and I've talked to Mike Chappell after the press conference, who has certainly known Jim far longer than I have. I've never seen Irsay that defiant, defensive. Jake, he's taking these just wild jabs at Frank Reich and Andrew Luck in the first, like, three minutes of the press conference. I'm like, what are we doing? Do you remember... When the Colts, and I only bring up the Peyton era because that clearly is the benchmark here, right? Do you remember when they were 14-0 against the New York Jets and all of the starters were pulled off the field? Yeah, oh yeah. And I know this was a Bill Polian thing, but what was the explanation given when asked why they didn't go for 16-0? The explanation given was records don't matter, Super Bowls do. And when Jim Irsay did an interview, I believe it was in 2013, he said, you know, it was great to have the Star Wars numbers, but we only won one Lombardi. Jim Irsay and the people that work for him at any opportunity given diminished the wins and losses record of the Peyton Manning era by pointing out that the emphasis was actually strictly Super Bowls. And that's cool, but you can't have it both ways. You can't sit there and tell me for a half a decade that records don't matter because Super Bowls are the only thing that do, and then later in trying to establish credibility for yourself or emphasize credibility for yourself, point out the superiority of your records. You can't, you can't have it both ways. You're the one that told me records don't matter. So I'm going to say your win-loss record doesn't matter because you've won one playoff game in eight years. Uh, halftime of the Eagles game, a week from Sunday, is that when we do the banner unveiling of the fourth best record in the NFL since 2000? In the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That's rare air. Okay, so I think that means, so if there's 32 teams... I was hoping I, your algebra brain could help us out. No, I'm pretty good at this. Are you still so, jet-lagged or are you good? Mark, 
Uh, no, I'm good. Mark, go ahead and uh, give me that again here, that quote. Oh, okay. In the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That's rare air. Okay. I mean, it checks out. Yeah, you've got good numbers to work with there, Jake. It's nice, even, divisible by four, right? Correct. With 32 teams so in the, the league? So the upper quartile, that uh-huh. would be eight. He's in what? He's in what part of that? In the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That's rare air. That means top two, right? Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, for a second there, I thought he meant top four. No, that means he top means two. top two, so yeah. he's wrong. Okay. I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what Should goes invite in. Invite Jim to your tutor session coming up here. <laughs> Do you have one? Tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, three o'clock this week. Yeah. I I just thought it, it's such a lack of not it just not living in reality. And the wildness of the Saturday thing. Jeff Saturday knew full well when he was with us yesterday that he he was becoming the interim head coach. Great poker face by Jeff. We're going to play some audio a little bit later. I texted him. I said, you kept that close to the vest. No idea. <laughs> Did he text you back? No. On the pay no mind I almost texted Frank Reich last night like, congrats. You don't want to be a part of this anymore. And you're under contract for, what, 2026? Four more years. Frank Reich gets to get paid. Not to deal with that. Um... If Jeff Saturday says no to Jim Irsay, Frank Reich is still the head coach. This was not a canning of Frank Reich as it was a, I want Jeff Saturday so bad. That's what Jim Irsay is saying. He's wanted Saturday in the building for a while, right? Yes. Tried to hire him um, Well, after that 11 season, right before he went to the Packers. Uh, Chris Bowden mentioned last night they tried to hire him to be the offensive line coach. Um, what can Jeff Saturday get done in eight weeks? With no imminent bye week, what he can get done in eight weeks, Kevin, is he can do an inventory. He's a, he's a he's a very uh, well known consultant, is how I would put it right now. Yeah, he he's been brought in to do an inventory, right? He's going to come in and assess everything, and then tell Jim Mersey what he sees, who he thinks is who you can run with, who you don't run with. If I'm Chris Ballard, and I I feel for Chris Ballard, I do. His body language, though, I'm a body language guy. Chris Ballard's body language was terrible. His body language was arms crossed, defiant. Chris Ballard looked like... He didn't have time to laugh at any Jim Mercer jokes. He was he was oozing insecurity. For the guy that, like, is always, you know, Mr. kind of cool in charge, wants to set the tone. Think about, like, every interview that Chris Ballard's done at this radio station. Whether it be with Dan where he comes in and he yucks it up and laughs it up the whole time with a nervous energy because he knows that it's the guy that's been critical of him the most. Or whether it's with us where he he laughs through and tries to passive-aggressively set the tone and take control of the interview. All that big boy gruff stuff. And he sat there yesterday and looked like a whoop puppy dog that knew his days were done. And he acted like it, quite frankly. Um, and I, I agree with you about Jim Irsay, who I think is... I think with Jim Irsay, Kevin, and, and let me offer you my perception and, and and you bounce off that, if you will, or tell me what you think of this. I, I just think that, you know, Jim Irsay is a guy that his only jobs have been in football. You know, his dad, I mean, he, you know, he, he, he came out of school and his dad was the owner of an NFL franchise and he worked his way up and he became the general manager and... The only real job that Jim Mercy's held, and I don't mean this as a knock on him, but the only job he's held was the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, and he wasn't very good at it. 
He traded for Fred. He traded multiple number one picks for Freddie Young. That blew up in his face. They they did not have a great era when he was general manager. And to his credit, I think he realized that. But the one job that he held, life is about sometimes making up for our past indiscretions, our shortcomings. Right now, why why do you think I'm finishing my degree in college? I'm finishing it strictly because it's an area that I set out for at a different phase of my life and I failed miserably. And so I want to make good on that because I was a failure and I I don't want to be, I don't want to have that aspect of my life where I was a failure. So at the age of 50, I go back to try to erase the ghosts of that past. For Jim Mersey, he was a general manager and wasn't an overly successful one. And I think he has chased that for the better part of his adult career, even as the owner and a very good owner of the team that has had success. I think the fact that actually building a franchise and making those moves has haunted him forever. And in a number of different capacities, he has tried different areas or avenues to erase that out of his own conscience. And this is another example of it. Jake, when you were in Europe, I was a little bit hesitant to bring this up to Mark. Um, because I, I don't know. I everything I, that I say in these three hours daily, I, you know, I try to speak from substance with it, not just say bleep to say stuff. Right. Um, but I, I felt good about it, so I, I ended up going with it, and I haven't thrown it at you yet. But I think what we've seen from Jim Mercey this last month is a power trip, and I think it started with the Daniel Snyder comments. Jim Mercey was beloved. For 24 hours after those Daniel Snyder comments. The NFL world loved him. The commanders want him to buy the team. Their fan base is obsessed with Ursay. They want to put him in the ring of honor in Washington. And I think it's Jim Ursay from the Sam Ellinger move to the firing of Frank Reich to this move with Jeff Saturday, the hopeless romantic of the ring of honor ceremony two weeks ago, and Saturday banging the anvil, and everything that Saturday has meant to him and meant to the league when you think about the labor negotiations over a decade ago, all of this is part power trip, part the hopeless romantic that will never, ever leave Ursa. It's why Chuck Pagano lasted one more year than Ryan Grigson. The emotional attachment to Chuck, wanting to believe that, no, 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 Chuck is a good coach, is a good coach. I feel like all of this over the last month is rooted in that because we haven't seen Ursay operate to this degree really ever um, as an owner. A couple of other comments last night, Ursay related, that I was a bit head-scratching with. Um, he was adamant and repeated many times that he has never hired a losing head coach. Um, his general manager right now is a losing record. I don't know if he wanted to throw that in there. Maybe that wasn't on the talking point um, sheet that the head coach had up there. Um, <clears throat> again, you look at where this team has finished in the AFC over the last eight years You've got to live in the reality. Like when you think back to that previous era, you know how long ago that was? Twelve years in the NFL is like a century. You look at the last eight years. Ninth, ninth, thirteenth, sixth, tenth, seventh, ninth, and currently tenth. That's your finish in the AFC, playing in the easiest division in the AFC. Look back on that 30, 40 minute presser last night. Any reference to the current state? Or was it all 
the upper quartile of the upper quartile of the upper quartile, fourth best record in the NFL since the year 2000. Accountability from the top down is absolutely gone. And that's why you're in this current state of where you are right now. And I think Jeff Saturday is being thrown into this weird, awkward situation. And as much as it is half consultant, Jake, I think Jim Irsay, and I think a little bit of Jeff Saturday thinks there is a decent chance he's the head coach in 2023 or he's the GM in 2023. Correct. I I believe that that they both think that, yes. Better chance Jeff Saturday's here in 2023 or Chris Ballard? Oh, I... The first one, I think, is going to be here probably as long as he wants to be in some capacity, right? It's so funny. For all the years that we in Indianapolis, or certainly fans in Indianapolis, assumed or wanted or pined for Peyton Manning to come back, and it's Jeff Saturday all along that was the target, right? Do we, um, and we're going to have Bob Kravitz on at 9 o'clock, and by the way, we will take your questions. It's another glorious Tuesday morning. Did you see the eclipse this morning? Uh, was it a red moon? Yeah. I missed it. Did you see it, Mark? I did not. Meridian was closed at like 29, so I was kind of scrambling, really? thinking I was going to be late. Um, I got stuck in the elevator. Well, that doesn't surprise These me. These are both symbolic things about last night, right? Yes, <laughs> very much so. Uh, no stuck in the elevator for Miles Turner last night. Incredible uh, by him as the Pacers beat the Pelicans 5-5. Five and five. Guys, they might win 50. Okay. Oh, you're going to put your money where your mouth is right there? <laughs> uh, Indiana and Butler get opening night wins in college basketball. Purdue gets things underway tonight at 630. We'll touch on all of that. Obviously play a ton of this audio. Um, I kind of forget where I was going with that. I, I just think Chris Ballard was Jim Mercer's Before Jeff Saturday, Chris Ballard was his big discovery hire, right? He's the guy that plucked Chris Ballard out of the offices of Kansas City and gave him the opportunity. And, I mean, Chris Ballard was not an unknown by any stretch. But Ursay has more at stake with Ballard succeeding than he would if he had gone out and hired a general manager that had been around for 15 years running a franchise. I think Ursay is hell-bent on showing the rest of the league that he is playing chess when everyone else was playing checkers. And that's the power trip that I'm getting at, Jake. Correct. I, I really think, for the first time in his ownership, he was beloved by everyone around the NFL. He wasn't this you know, kind of butt of jokes that he's probably been. I think he has been. At, at, at times. So I thought... You know, I think it was just a different feeling for him, and I think that's continued. You know, I some of the Ellinger, you know, hype that Ursay had was before the Daniel Snyder comments. Um, we should note Jeff Saturday very quickly um, has committed to some personnel. I guess changes or at least sticking with some of the young guys. Sam Ellinger will be the starter on Sunday. Bernard Ryman will be the left tackle. The play caller remains to be seen. Um, Scott Milanovic, Jake, their quarterbacks coach has called plays in the NFL before. Um, ironically enough, he did it on an interim basis to close out the 2018 season with Jacksonville. Um, they averaged nine points per game in his six games as interim play caller. Well, that's an upgrade from... I mean, that's triple what they got on Sunday. Look at that. Nice job there. You got the triple down. The quartile is where we probably still need to... <laughs> Uh, clarify in the upper quartile of, of winners were in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That's rare air. We're going to crack that problem before before 10. We already did. 
32 teams, upper quartile would be eight, right? The upper quartile of that, so so if it's eight, then there are quartiles there, two, four, six, eight. He's saying that they are in the top two. My brain hurts just... I, I, I think you're right. My brain right. hurts. I, I, I think Jake's right on that. Um, Is Jim Mercer clinging too much to that era? The winningest era? This in, whole city is clinging too history. much to that era. And I, he I, knows it. I found it odd last night that he went there 732 times throughout the presser. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wait a minute, we're here because you listened to people from the previous era and they wanted Frank Reich as the head coach. I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't add up. And, and like, don't we see this with Bill Belichick's in the Patriots? Don't we see this with Nick Saban in Alabama? Everyone tries to hire someone from there. Well, hey, we're going to get some of that Patriots magic. Hey, we're going to get some of that Alabama magic. What's the success rate, Ben? Kevin, I love this town. Love it. I, I You cut me open and I bleed the torch. I love Indiana, right? <coughs> but between IU basketball, IU basketball fans, what do they talk about? Oh, man, we got Bob Knight and... Quinn Buckner and Steve Alford and Scotty May and Calbert Chaney. The Indianapolis 500, what do people talk about? Uh, AJ and Mario and Rick Mears. The Pacers, what do people talk about to this day? Man, back Reggie, eight points in nine seconds, beating the Knicks. For that matter, Purdue basketball, what do people talk about? Oh, the triplets, Gene Cady, Big Ten, three years in a row. There's no market that is more nostalgic about its teams sometimes detrimentally than this one and the Colts and Jim Irsay are absolutely victim to it we're gonna just just bring back the old band Jim Irsay's got that band that goes around and does nothing but plays old hits that's exactly what he's trying to do right just get together and let's play the old hits and it's carried over to his football team yeah a, a refusal to live in reality live in the present I think we heard that all throughout yesterday's presser. Uh, They will have a full head coaching search at the end of the year. Uh, Asked Jim Mercer if Chris Boward will be a part of that, and he was pretty adamant that that is a yes. Um, Defended Ballard very publicly uh, with those comments to kind of back that up. I'm trying to think of other specifics from the press conference, uh, more so from a, like, logistics standpoint. Jeff Saturday's not met with the team yet. Met with the offensive staff. Was going to meet with the defensive staff, I think, either late last night or today. It's an off day for the Colts today. They'll get back to practice tomorrow for Jeff Saturday versus Josh McDaniels on Sunday. That's how we drew it up. Right? How about this, guys? Two weeks ago, the Colts are in Nashville playing the Titans. Game back of their division rivals. Your quarterback for that game was Matt Ryan. Your offensive coordinator is Marcus Brady. Your head coach was Frank Reich. And the, and the analyst on ESPN that night to talk about it was Jeff Saturday. And now it's Sam Ellinger. Play caller undecided. Or OC undecided, I guess I should say. And play caller. And your head coach is Jeff Saturday. Last night when I was at the game... I sat next to Terry Lingner. I wonder what the buyout was for Hebon Christian Academy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Terry Lingner pointed out and made a good point to me. He goes, hey, at the very least, and I mean, Terry was saying it somewhat flippantly, but somewhat seriously, and I was like, that's a fair point. He's like, why don't they just have Matt Ryan call the plays? Oh, yeah. I, I tweeted that yesterday. Might as well do something for his contract. You know? I mean. Sure. He's got to know the offense in the playbook as well as anybody. Him and Foles can combine on it. Philly specials galore. Maybe Saturday calls Dan Orlovsky. Hey, Dan, you want to call some plays? If you get to the end of the season and this does not work out, or maybe Jeff Saturday gets to the January, he's like, man, that was – I didn't like that. I want to go back to – I want to go back to Kevin and Query every Monday. I want to go back to ESPN. Curious how the NFL world will react to how Jim Mercer's handled all this. Will you have coaching candidates turned off? Will you have – candidates that might be down to a couple of different choices and look at the indie situation and say nope i don't want to be part of that i think that's really real i mean it looks that's like a total circus doesn't it that's all i thought about yesterday i'm like who would want to come here right now oh yeah. i got sean payton you think sean payton watched last night and said i need more of that sean payton wants zero part of this yeah zero part of this uh bleep show i believe would be probably an accurate way to put it Did you guys catch the chris ballard wideout comment i feel like he was Staring at me, I, I I was busy typing during that. Your cars were your car tires weren't not deflated at all. Made it home. Left. Put that put that golf ball right on the tee, Kevin, because that's one of them that we got to take a swing at here later this morning, right? <laughs> we'll play some audio from last night's presser. Um, we'll get to that Jeff Saturday clip. It was about a month ago, Jake. You relayed a fan question to Jeff Saturday about working in the a front the front office of an NFL team. Um, the answer, pretty interesting now looking back on those things. Um, so we'll play that a little bit later. And obviously take your calls, 317-239-1070. Behind the Andrew Luck retirement, um, there is nothing that comes close to sniffing yesterday in my, I guess, dozen years now covering the Colts. Frank Reich fired. Jeff Saturday is the interim head coach and the presser of all pressers last night. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Jake, I did want to touch right here on Jeff Saturday. Um, you know, I, I do think the greatest quality he brings, and we'll see how it impacts at an NFL head coaching level. Obviously, that's much different than anything he's done. But... When you have heard about him on the field, off the field over the years, one of the first words you hear is leader. And I do right. think that quality, um, someone in the Colts organization texted me yesterday was saying, a head coach for an NFL team is 8% coaching, 92% leading. I'd probably smush that together a little bit. I don't know if it's that drastic, but I do think leader of men is a little bit more than the X and O's. Obviously, you've got to assemble a staff that can handle um, the Monday through Saturday prep um, from an X's and O's standpoint. I just, 
I sit here and think, what can Jeff Saturday implement in an eight-week span when he's never been inside of an NFL building as a head coach or a college building? And Jake, they don't have a bye week for another month. Like, how are players going to react to this? I could see how there would be... Let me tell you something interesting. I mentioned this yesterday with JMV. So I had mentioned, Kevin, I think I mentioned it to Jeff Saturday when we had him on, that when I went and spoke to a high school football team recently, on my way there, I touched base with Jeff Saturday and had him, and he did a video, and it's like two minutes, but I mean, he speaking to the kids, right? And I had to tell them who Jeff Saturday was. I, I think they knew from ESPN. But a kid right now that's a senior in high school, I mean, what year did Jeff Saturday leave the Colts? 11, 11 years ago? Year? Yeah, right? 2011, uh-huh. So a kid right now that's a senior in high school was seven years old. Well, I mean, hell, Sam Ellinger was what, 12? Right. So my point being, a lot of the guys inside, this is crazy to think about. A lot of guys that are inside the Colts locker room right now as players were like in third or fourth grade when he retired, right? Somewhere in there, if they're young enough. So I think that we think that they're going to be like, oh man, Jeff Saturday, like the, they know him. Obviously, he's been around this franchise. He was at practices. I mean, he's been around. A paid consultant, I, I think, is the phrase. Which, by the used. way, did we know that? I think we knew he was doing some of it, but I, I, I didn't know it to that degree. <coughs> did ESPN know that? Uh, that's a good question. That seems like it would be a conflict of interest, is it not? That ESPN had a football analyst that was a paid consultant by one of the franchises? You, Yeah, you would, you would think. Polian did that with the Bears, though, when he was still working for ESPN. Did he? Yeah, he was helping with coaching uh, suggestions. Okay. Um, but either way, the clout of that, I don't know that that resonates automatically, but I do think that Jeff Saturday has about him kind of an it factor. And I get the fact, and I understand from a number of different areas why it seems questionable and to some people offensive that they would just go out and get a guy like that without, again, it's an interim. So they're going to have to go through all of the proper protocol when hiring the permanent head coach. But I'm probably in the minority in saying that his lack of head coaching experience in the NFL does not bother me overly. Jim Mercy said he's glad he doesn't have NFL experience. I heard him say that, that like as an NFL head coach with previous experience, you're too, the, the irony there, here's you, the irony. You you run to analytics or something along those lines. I'm like, well, that sounds like a shot at Frank Reich. He essentially said that he also thinks that like at times guys that coach in the league before can be too reactionary. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. The irony being all of this is reactionary and the... To an extent, the dangerous ground the Colts might be on right now is because of an owner that in the last two weeks has been too reactionary, in my opinion. Jim Irsay has made a very concerted effort to not become his father. And by that, I mean his father was one that was known as having a franchise that was always... The only consistency with the Baltimore Colts under Bob Irsay was their inconsistency. Because you never knew from one moment to the next who was fired, who was hired, who was there, who was gone. And Jim Irsay has worked, to his credit, very hard to not be that. But now, all of a sudden, that is kind of creeping in, it would seem. And he he is, 
I think that Jim Mersey is convincing himself that he is a, and I get it. He's been around football his whole life. He's right about that. But I think being around it and then also just having all of the answers are two different things. I think that he thinks he has more answers than he does. And the other side of that is he has put at times people in difficult positions. And Chris Ballard has not helped himself with his arrogance, but he also has put Chris Ballard now in a very uncomfortable position. And you could see it when you looked at Chris Ballard in that press conference who never unfolded his arms, never sat back anything other than hunched over and looked like a guy that was a combination 50% angry and 50% defensive. Yeah. Yeah, I said earlier, if I'm Ballard, I resign. Um, I think it's a no-win situation. Jim Mersey is meddling and... Jeff Saturday, whatever position Jeff Saturday wants at the end of 2022, I almost feel like he's going to get it. Whatever he wants. If he wants to be the head coach, if he wants to be the GM, if he wants to be team president, Jim Irsay, I think I'll hand it to him. Jim Irsay, hopeless romantic, is in love with the possibility of Jeff Saturday resurrecting things at at whatever level you want to point to. Head coach, GM, president. I think he is obsessed with that. Jake Johnson on Twitter says a, has a fabulous point. Isn't the Saturday hire a direct response to the criticism Ursay, that Ursay missed on Mike Vrabel? He hired essentially the same one- to two-year experience former tough player. Yeah, I, I can't go there. Vrabel coached in college in the NFL for nearly a decade before taking that job. Jeff's Coached three years at Hebron Christian Academy. But I think that but Saturday's been around it, though, right? But Jake, that's a totally different animal than being around it and not... I mean, what was the stat yesterday? He's the first coach since 1960 to have no college or NFL experience to get a head job? Yeah, I mean... That's a different animal. I mean, Mike Vrabel was a defensive coordinator in the NFL before the Titans hired him. I, Saturday did say... I'm drinking from a fire hose right now. He did say that. Look, the year's a wash. They've they've officially punted on the year, so and if now the year's a wash. Does that mean Jeff Saturday's going to get the permanent gig? If it's a no-win situation for Saturday, how do you properly evaluate him? Here's here's what I think. I think that Jim Mersey. I think Jim Mersey knew that having. Okay, let's back this up. Jeff Saturday is a, is a center in the NFL who was a really good player that I think is remembered or thought of as an elite player because of his connection to Peyton Manning. Would you agree that Jeff Saturday, in terms of his career resume, is very attached at the hip Without with question. Peyton Manning? Without okay, question. Jim Irsay knew that fans in this town and people in this town and everything else always wanted and or expected that eventually Peyton Manning would be a front office guy for the Indianapolis Colts. And Jim Mersey knew that the second that he released Peyton Manning, that that probably severed those ties to the point where Peyton Manning would not work here in a front office position. So what did he do as the nostalgic guy longing for the past on a regular basis that wakes up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, thinking and praying that he's back in Miami in a rainstorm hoisting Lombardi? He went out and he got the guy that is the closest he could get to that. 
So he went out and he got Jeff Saturday. That's the closest he could get. He wanted to get Jeff Saturday in the building. This was a way to get him in the building. He's tried in many different areas. I think deep down, Jim Mersey has hopes and desires that Jeff Saturday is the guy that he's going to hand over the keys to the kingdom. This was a way to get him in the building. Chris Ballard knows it. Saturday is here to do an inventory for eight weeks to see what he has on the roster before sliding into a front office position. And Chris Ballard then can go and make fun of the media in some other market talking about how they are the reason that his offensive line sucks because they gave him too much heat about the wide receiver and he knows more than they do about everything and his sweater looks nice. That was quite the response last night to the offensive line issues. Let's play that. Mark, do you have that yesterday when Chris Ballard was made some weird connection that nobody but Chris Ballard seemed to understand? Y'all have been kicking the out of me for years for not drafting wideouts and all of a sudden I look up and you know we're underperforming on the offensive line right now. <laughs> Is that your fault, Kevin? I don't know. Should I add that to my LinkedIn resume? The highest paid offensive line in the NFL? If Chris Ballard thinks this market... I tried to get this question in, Jake, and I couldn't. Chris Ballard's biggest core belief is O-line, the highest paid unit in the NFL. That's why we're in that building last night. That's the root of all of this. If the offensive line had not royally failed to the degree that they failed this season, we're not there. Jeff Saturday's not there. Frank Reich's still the head coach. Marcus Brady still has a job. Naheem Hines is still on the football team. So as much as Bauer wants to say that, his biggest core belief has failed. Um, I don't think public comments from myself or anyone else has any influence on his biggest core belief um, absolutely killing this team. No, this is your fault. Matt Pryor was the starting left right, tackle. Exactly, huh? That's your fault, right. Kevin. If Chris Ballard... That seemed to me to be Chris Ballard's way of taking a swipe at the media. Jim Bursay later said it by saying that the media's words are hollow because we don't know what we're talking about. If these guys think this market's too hard, then no wonder why their franchise is circling the drain and in total disarray because in a league where you got to be tough, that's the softest crap I've ever heard. It's a refusal to live in reality by Ursay and Ballard. You want to know why your organizations in shambles dial up that press conference from last night? You know what they say about Indianapolis, the new Philadelphia? <laughs> yeah. I, I did. Mean, the one thing I liked from Saturday last night, he mentioned how um, him and Peyton and John Lynch got together. This is probably a little over a handful of years ago now. And basically, they did an exercise of, you know, who would they hire in coordinator roles? Who would they hire in assistant roles, consulting roles? I do think Jeff Saturday has been thinking about this for quite some time. This is not just a fly by the seat of the pants sort of situation here. While. It looks like that in where he was hired. I do think behind the scenes, Saturday has thought about this for quite some time. Again, it is a massive step from what he was doing um, to now all of a sudden wearing a headset on Sundays and leading a team. And I mean, hell, time management and challenge flags and who's calling plays for him. And by the way, by the way, because several people have asked Kevin. Yes. And it's taken us almost an hour to address it. Uh, you do think that he, well, obviously, I mean, the timeline would dictate that Jeff Saturday knew when we had him on yesterday, he knew what 1, was going on. 1,000% right? he knew. Yeah. 1,000%. And I totally understand why he, you know, he's not going to come out and say it, right? Uh, but it's I, interesting because I asked him, remember, if I thought, if he thought that Frank Reich was, if Frank Reich knew that Frank Reich was like dead man walking. Remember that? And I think the closest he got to, like, uttering any sort of phrase about the state of the franchise was, you know, Jim has to be extremely frustrated by where things are right now. To your point, Jake, again, 
outside voice, an extremely trusted voice in Jim Mercer's mind is Jeff Saturday. He's coming in to assess the situation. I think that's half of it. I think the other half of it is, again, not only Jeff Saturday, but Jim Mercer, they literally think this is an audition to be head coach and or GM. Right. It, it, it's twofold. It, it's both of those situations. And we'll play, again, more of that Jeff Saturday audio here coming up. I mean, he said it yesterday. I'm not only auditioning for this job. I'm auditioning for 31 others. I don't think Saturday says that just to say it. I think he legitimately wants this to be a long-term thing. Jake, let's recap a little before we get to uh, Bob Kravitz. Uh, Sam Ellinger is going to start Sunday. Bernard Ryman will be the left tackle. We don't know the offensive coordinator for Jeff Saturday just yet. Uh, Someone suggested... Hey, fam. I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So to me, they should rotate Colts Ring of Honor members as OCs the rest of the year. Maybe 12th man could get a chance to do that. How about whoever bangs the anvil gets to call a couple plays? Yeah. First 15. There you go. Yeah, Blue would then. Oh, it's like 1986 all over again. Tyrese Halliburton would then be calling plays on a Sunday. Um, full head coaching search at the end of the year. Jim Mercer says Chris Ballard will be back. Uh, we got shots at Frank Reich, Andrew Luck, and many in the media. We're hanging a banner for the fourth best record in the NFL since 2000. Unsure of how sausage is made. Chris Ballard is a winner. Jeff Saturday was compared to Don Shula, and Chris Ballard is compared to Michael Jordan. And Jake double-checked the math of Jim Irsay's upper quartile, upper quartile, and we found that to be uh, wrong. Yeah, the number that would mean the number two, top two. Not four. I will go back to what I said earlier. You cannot, you cannot tell me consistently that records don't matter. Only Lombardi's and Super Bowls matter. You can't do a 2013 interview and say that the Star Wars numbers were great, but they didn't mean much because they didn't amount to multiple Lombardi's, and then say that the new mission is multiple Lombardi's, and then when everything goes haywire, have a press conference where you tout your win, your winning record. Bob Kravitz is with us right now on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Uh, Bob, I'm going to be pretty lazy right out of the gate and leave it very open-ended. Um, your thoughts on last night? That was the most unhinged thing I've ever heard in my life. That was bizarre, even by Jim Irsay's standards. Uh, first, let me say this. I thought Jeff Saturday was an absolute superstar yesterday. Uh, he got largely ignored because we wanted to talk to Irsay. Uh, and Ballard more more than Jeff, but I thought he was uh, sharp, enthusiastic, uh, and really came off the way you would have expected. Ballard looked like he'd rather be vacationing in Mariupol. Honest to God, he looked like that was the last place he wanted to be. He looked miserable. He looked like the day that Andrew Luck retired. His jaw was clenched. His arms were folded. He did not want to be there, and I don't think he'll be there at season's end. And Ursay was just Ursay. I mean, 
relative. I mean, he was rambling. He was relatively incoherent. And um, I thought it was just an embarrassing low moment for the organization. Other than that, it was fine. Bob. Thanks, Mrs. Lincoln. <laughs> Bob, here, here's the thing. And I, and I will say this, Bob, on your behalf. And you tell me if you think I'm wrong. But, um, you know, it's disingenuous, I think, to say that you have Thanksgiving dinners with Jim Irsay. But over the years and your time in Indianapolis and your career, Bob, I think that you probably have gotten to know Jim Irsay and vice versa more than probably anybody in the local media. Maybe Chap, but but way up there. I mean, on a personal level. The upper quartile of the top quartile is where I am. That is exactly right. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Um, Put that in your Twitter profile. And so for that, what do you... I look at this, Bob, as kind of a last grasp of Jim Irsay desperately wanting to be to make it very clear that he, that a Super Bowl champion can come out of Indianapolis that was 100% in the grasp of Jim Irsay. Not Bill Polian, not Peyton Manning, but Jim Irsay himself. And I think that that consumes him and at times to an unhealthy level and that that's well, part of what we saw last night. Yeah, I mean, look, he he's always been, obviously he's been involved, uh, you know, very very deeply in, in gem and coach hires as he's supposed to be. But, uh, he's been, he's always been very involved in the quarterback moves. You know, he's the one who decided to, to bring in Peyton and to get rid of Peyton. Um, so there's nothing terribly new there. Well, you know, what really threw me off was a couple of years ago when he, when he made the case for T Y Hilton, uh, to come back when I don't think there was any interest in the organization and bringing him back. I, I don't know that this is Jim desperately trying to grab control of the organization. I think he's always had it. I do see him being more proactive in a lot of ways and being far more, what's the word, impetuous, um, just kind of flying by the seat of his pants. And that's what I get the sense now is right now this is an organization that is absolutely flying by the seat of its pants and has no earthly idea what to do next. Bob, better... Did you look at the Jeff Saturday hire as close confident of Jim Mercer? I need someone to come in here and be a consultant and get an up-close view at this dysfunction and rely on him for kind of an honest assessment? Or do you look at it as this is a legit head coach and or GM candidate for 2023 and beyond? Well, I think he's a legit candidate uh, to stay with the Colts. Um... But I, I, I think the, the primary reason for this was so that Jeff could be the eyes and ears for the owner, um, which doesn't exactly raise the trust profile uh, in a locker room if you know the guy is there to basically, you know, uh, give his opinion on what's going wrong. But anyway, um, no, I, I think for the most part he wants him to be the eyes and ears and report back to Jim and tell him what the hell has gone wrong with this football team. So you don't think Jeff Saturday is necessarily in the head coach or GM role next year? Well, maybe the GM role. I don't know about coaching. I mean, look, they're going to go, what, 2-6, and 1-7, and 0-8 oh uh, these last couple of games. I don't know how you can sell. You know, I mean, how many interim coaches? I'd be curious to find out. How many interim coaches have success, number one, 
it's not not many. It's two of well, seventeen. I, I, I can you tell go, you if you go back to like two thousand. I think that's the stat. Jeff so. Saturday will be the seventh interim coach in Colts history. Only Ron Meyer was retained as the head coach permanently. Okay, it's very rare. Right, it's very rare. And the way and you know, heaven help Sam Ellinger, but you know he he's not an NFL starting quarterback. I mean, you know. Uh, so I can't. I. It would be very hard to sell Jeff Saturday to a fan base after he goes one and seven in the, in the final eight games. So, but could I see him in the front office capacity? Most certainly. Do you think Bob Kravitz that Chris Ballard got the impression yesterday that he's done? Yeah, I do. You know, I mean, first of all, Jim Irsay. Uh, and I think Kevin asked the question very directly. Um, you know, will will Chris Ballard be the one making the decisions after this season? Very uncomfortable, but it was the right question to ask. And he said, yes, absolutely, there's no question. And Nate Atkins from the Star app later said, wait a minute, you said a week ago that Jim Hersey was safe? That Frank I mean, Reich was safe, you mean? That Frank Reich was safe, excuse me. I'm in the middle of a column two here. Uh, that that Reich was safe, and one week later, you you got rid of him. So, why should we believe anything you have to say at this point? Again, I'm not a body language expert, but Chris Ballard looked utterly miserable as he sat there and listened to this nonsense. And then, of course, he gets all defensive uh, and somehow blames the media for the fact his offensive line sucks because. We put so much pressure on him to go out and get wide receivers, conveniently forgetting that he drafted a left tackle in the third round. Bob Kravitz with us from The Athletic. Bob, some might say Chris Ballard isn't necessarily qualified to make this sort of decision, but I I sat there thinking to myself, if I'm Ballard and I'm confident in my resume, and and, you know he certainly has positives on his resume, uh, I think I would resign. I, I would want to get out of this mess, and I would want to bet on myself that I can get a GM job somewhere else. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, you know, I, I often wondered if and when Reich would resign. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, clearly decisions are being made that are beyond him. Uh, decisions are being made by the owner who is uh, meddling more than at any time I can remember. Um, I would love to see Ursay try to do this with Bill Polian. <laughs> that would that would not end well, not end well at all. So, uh, yeah, I, I at some point I I got to think Ballard's going to say to hell with this and just move on because he'll get another he'll get another GM job in a heartbeat. Bob Jim Ursay has been open about the fact of being aware of his father's indiscretions. And I don't mean the addiction of his father. I think that Jim Irsay mm-hmm. deserves credit for facing head-on those demons and dealing with them somewhat in a public forum. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a football standpoint, Jim Irsay's made no bones about the fact that he did not want to be his father. Right. Is he slowly starting to become his father? In a, foot, in a football sense, yes, he's... Yes, uh, I want to make certain for, yes. for the protection of both of us, Bob, that that's what we mean from a football standpoint. Yeah, from a football standpoint, absolutely, yes. Uh, he's become, again, that word impetuous. He's become emotional. I think he's making emotional decisions 
about Carson Wentz, about Matt Ryan, about Frank Reich, about Jeff Saturday, and the list goes on. Um, I don't think there's any question. You know, for years he has, as you said, studiously avoided uh, being his being his father, um, and that's you know probably very smart. But I think I don't know if he's feeling his oats or what. But I mean, since the Dan Snyder thing, all of a sudden you can't you can't keep him out of the spotlight. And that's not necessarily where I want uh, the team owner to be. I want to be involved, want to be, uh, you know, engaged. But uh, he's making decisions that are undermining his people, and I think that that's a real problem. Yeah, I was saying to Jake earlier, Bob, I think ever since the Daniel Snyder comments, he's on a power trip. Um, he thinks yeah. he can do no wrong. You know, he's been you know, praised league wide um, after those comments, and now he's doing it with his organization. The Sam Ellinger move, and now this. Um, curious what you think, and, and I don't know if you're just guessing here, so I apologize for that. What do you think Peyton Manning thinks of all this? Uh, I, I would be guessing. I, I've, I've reached out to Peyton, but I haven't heard back yet. I, I think Peyton probably looks, well, first of all, I think he's thrilled for Jeff Saturday, and it's probably completely on board uh, for Jeff Saturday. But, he, I, you know, Peyton's a smart guy. He's got to be thinking our owner is is out there. I mean, he's making some really uh, bizarre decisions here. Um, uh, again, I haven't spoken to him. I don't want to profess to speak for him. But i got to think, you know, he's a sober-minded individual, and he's got to be looking at this in much the same way the whole league is looking at this which was that what happened last night was embarrassing for an organization that is in the upper quartile. They're not even in the upper quartile of the upper quartile because, as you said, that would be second best, and they're not second best. They're fourth. So I, nobody told me there's going to be math. Well, Jake's in algebra right now. That's so right, Bob. We've learned a yep. lot here over the Called last the few Called the tutor months. yesterday, got it all worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jim Irsay's right. coming to the next tutor session with Jake. That's right. Good, good, good. Needs it. Bob. In the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That's rare air. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> Bob, um, hopeless romantic, that's a phrase I've used with Jim when you think back on that era. Is it time to like just get away from that era? It sounds like I'm demeaning it. I'm diminishing it. But it just seems like... You're, you're hoping for Manning, or now you know, Saturday's going to cure all, and I don't know if it's exactly apples to apples to you know people trying to pluck people from the Belichick tree or the Nick Saban tree, but it just seems like that was a long time ago, and maybe it's best if you do try and just move on and not hope or think that all of a sudden the Jeff Saturday hire means you're going to have Bill Poley and Peyton Manning type success. Well, I found it interesting that he talked about how his ownership mentor was Al Davis. Now, did anybody live in the past quite like Al Davis? I mean, Al Davis, when he had all those horrible Raiders teams, would walk around in that absurd members-only jacket and talk about just win baby and go back to the days of LaMonica and Bolitnikoff and the mad stork with without realizing that his team hadn't been you know, competitive for 20 years. So, yes, it's time to move on. It's great they have this glorious history. Embrace it. The whole bit is great seeing Tarek, Glenn, and all those guys last week. But, yeah, it's time to move on. 
uh, have they been a good organization? Yes, they have. Has Jim's intuition generally been on target? Yes. But just because you've been on target in the past doesn't mean you're on target now. I'm going to give you a couple of names, and I want you to tell me, Bob Kravitz, in your opinion, whether or not you think they will be part of the Colts organization one year from today. You ready? Okay. Okay. Jeff Saturday. Yeah, he'll be part of the organization in some capacity, but not coach. Okay. Peyton Manning. No. Matt Ryan. Absolutely not. Chris Ballard. No. Um, you know, those are, the, okay, Sam Ellinger. Yeah, he'll be back up. He's, hey, he's, he's Taylor Heineke, man. He'll, he'll be, he'll be a solid backup for years to come and he'll make more money than touchdown Jesus. I was just going to say, he's like Chase Daniel, right? He's a good guy. He's a good story. Yeah. He's likable. He'll be a backup for 15 years if he wants to be. Exactly right. Bob, last one for me. Uh, lost in all this. Um, Frank Reich did get fired yesterday. <laughs> I oh, find, yeah. yeah. I feel like that news cycle uh, didn't last very long. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but you know, of all the players that are extremely active on social media, I only saw, I think it was Yanni Kingakwe and Rodney McLeod have any public support. I don't think anybody talked about the hiring of Jeff Saturday. You make anything of that. Um, I don't think these guys have any clue who Jeff Saturday is, you know, unless they watch ESPN. Um, I said the same thing, Bob. I said the same I, thing. I don't think they have, they have no clue. It's, it's, it's kind of like when these IU people talk about the good old days. Look, for some of these guys in their twenties, ancient history is 2012. You know, I mean, they have no idea what, what went on. So uh, I wouldn't expect. A lot. I, I think those guys are in a state of complete shock, and they don't know what to make of this. And and if if any of them watch uh, that press conference, they've got to be really disappointed and, and have to be wondering what the hell they got themselves into. Bob, I know it's a busy, busy day for you. So thank you for making time for us this morning. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me.